evening and welcome to the 479th episode of Travelers Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travelers Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelitch Radio. And for listeners hoping to hear Joan Dragon, director of the Suncoast Jazz Festival for the last 15 years, we're sorry that she is away on assignment that came up at the last minute, but we've got a world-class pinch hitter in Bob Seymour, a former radio and TV host and founding board member of the Tampa Jazz Club, who also has working ties to several jazz festivals. Tonight, we'll talk to him about the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Welcome, Bob, to Travel with Radio, and thanks for filling in. Oh, a pleasure, Dan and Mary Ellen. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I look forward to... Uh talking about jazz and Clearwater uh, to you. And what is the Suncoast Jazz Festival, and when will it take place? It's always the week before, or the weekend, I should say, before Thanksgiving. So this year, it's November 18th through the 20th. And in a terrific setting, the Suncoast Jazz Festival is on Sand Key, which is uh, a part of Clearwater Beach um, on Florida's Gulf Coast. And uh, it's uh, an interesting festival in the way it's uh, put together. It's in two hotels across the street from one another um, on Sand Key, the uh, Sand Key Sheraton and the Marriott, uh, and five venues all indoors in two hotels. So it's uh, and, uh, been going on for a long time, and I think it just keeps getting better every year. Well, the obvious question here is how did they survive the widespread damage in Florida from Hurricane Ian? We, uh, I'm, I'm in Tampa, the Tampa Bay area is Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and um, we got very lucky. We, re- we dodged a bullet once again, and uh, the, as uh, you, people know, that it veered to the south, uh, the kind of the last minute. So the Bay Area was uh, kind of in the sights of Ian. Then it looked like it was aimed to the south of the Bay at Sarasota and Bradenton. And then, of course, it was Fort Myers down to Naples uh, that really uh, suffered, and our thoughts go out to them. But in the Bay Area, I think surprisingly little rain. I think we've had more rain since yesterday than came during the hurricane. Some wind, you see, you know, some trees... uh, piled up uh, here and there, and especially near the water, which Clearwater and St. Pete are. Uh, But but it was really um, uh, the the hurricane went south, and we were pretty lucky here. So we are uh, open for business and and, uh, a lot of collections and so on going on for our friends uh, down in the Fort Myers and Naples area. Hmm. But it's beautiful here. I've always... Since I moved to Florida some 40 years or so ago from the Midwest, I've always realized that October is kind of the best-kept secret in Florida once the heat of summer is gone, and that uh, certainly is the same for uh, November. It really is a a lovely season here. And, of course, by then, uh, in just a couple of weeks, your hurricane season is over. So uh, 
uh, it's, it's really a gorgeous time of year. Well, that's good news for the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Do you have a limit on the number of fans who can attend? Um, you say of fans, of yeah. audiences? Um, oh, yeah, jazz fans. Not, not really. We've had good crowds in recent years. And uh, with five venues, I think what we find is that it, uh, you know, it kind of sorts itself out so that uh, rooms get comfortably full sometimes for when a, an artist uh, who's a big draw. But uh, people are kind of always wandering around from one venue to the other. And so um, uh, I'm not sure what the attendance really is, but it um, uh, it's been good lately and uh, it's a comfortable uh festival to kind of move from one ballroom to there's one venue that's kind of a restaurant and bar called condon's corner and the others are a more ballroom atmosphere and usually there are at least three things going on at once between Mm -hmm. the two hotels so where do fans park and how do they get back and forth both hotels, the Sheraton, which is on the Gulf of Mexico, and the uh, Marriott, which is across the street on the intracoastal uh, water, have plenty of parking. There's also uh, the Sand Key Park, kind of a nature park, is just adjacent to the Sheraton, uh, which has pl- like overflow parking there. And um, so uh, the parking is uh, uh, it, the parking lot tends to. Uh, it's big and um, there's always a place to park it's an interesting I should point out that Sand Key is really kind of the more um, open spacious area of the beach you might think of Clearwater Beach as a spring break and lots of hotels lining the beach and so on and that crowded part of Clearwater Beach which is very nice and very has a lot of activity is about a mile away for Sand Key, uh, you go over a bridge from uh, the more familiar Clearwater Beach, one one bridge, and you're on the um, an area that is spacious, open, and uh, not at all commercially crowded. Um, so it's the two hotels. There's also a trolley. Uh, the Jolly Trolley runs. It's about a one-minute ride from one hotel to the other if you want to go here a venue or have a bite to eat at the other one. And the trolley also takes people to into points of interest in Clearwater Beach if you want to just get away for a little while during the day. But it's a very convenient way to just uh, pop outside and you're at the other venues uh, across the street in literally a minute or so. Oh, that's super. We're talking with Bob Seymour of the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Bob, how many musicians do you expect this year, and will this be the biggest roster that you've ever had? This is, in fact, uh, the biggest roster of artists. I uh, think it's over 80 uh, artists are attending. Uh, There are quite a few um, who return one year to the next who who become favorites and who I think love to come back. This is a festival that the uh, musicians like coming to it's obvious and uh, they uh, you know are able to renew acquaintances with one another and always uh, some for the first time this year uh, one of the first time attendees is kermit ruffins we can talk more about kermit from who is the heart and soul of new orleans but it is 80 um artists from 
a few youth big all-star big bands that are uh, always a big part of the festival and um some uh, some of the great legends of the music too uh so it really has a great diversity in the uh lineup of the players with so many musicians coming is it non-stop jazz for three days with overlapping performances and is it fair to say you're calling the event a purely jazz weekend I think that's a pretty good description of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I find myself because I'm a real fan and involved in doing stage introductions and so on. I, uh, I sometimes forget what a beautiful setting it is outdoors and don't see the beach for a couple of days when it's just out, you know, a step outside because there's so much music going on. Usually there are five venues, as I think I said, and there are usually sometimes except for early early in the day or late at night, there are usually at least three of those going on at one time. So you find people looking at the, the grid of their uh, program and, well, I, I want to hear a little of this, but I certainly want to hear some of uh, this band, too, down the hall. And so um, it's pretty uh, an in- intensive, fun experience of planning your time and uh, catching as much music as you can. Now, does your roster of performers include local and regional as well as those national artists? Yeah, um, it's a good mix of um, some of the better local performers every year. Uh, one is Nate Najar, a guitar player. He's a strictly acoustic guitar player. Jazz fans who remember Charlie Bird, the mm. acoustic guitar player who was part of the Bossa Nova wave in the 60s with Stan uh, Stan Getz and um, Astrid Gilberto and all of those Jobim pieces. Charlie Bird was big in that. He actually played, Nate was such a devotee, he actually plays Charlie Bird's uh, guitar from those years ago. And Nate is actually uh, part of the festival's um, planning committee or program uh, programming director who uh, chooses some of the musicians. Uh, he he performs with Daniela Soledadje, who is from Brazil and lives here, and uh, they have been touring the top clubs in European cities just this summer, and they'll be coming back. They both have new CDs out uh, that Nate produced under each of their names. There's a trio, La Lucha, uh, terrific young guys who are just the go-to trio piano, bass, and drums in the Bay Area here, and they are a big part of it. They play with lots of the uh, name artists. Another is um, John Lamb, who is one of the three uh, legends of jazz who will be honored and perform together in a special set. John's a bassist. His birthday is right about the time of the festival, and I think he's going to be 88 or maybe 89 He's a very busy, uh, he plays stand-up bass. And um, what most people know about John is he was Duke Ellington's bass player in the Ellington Orchestra for a few years in the mid-60s. And he's a a great uh, uh, leader on the local jazz scene for many years. He was a former choral conductor and teacher in the area's schools, too, a uh, great educator, but John Lamb is a dear friend of all of us, and uh, he's going to be one of the three legends of jazz honored in a special set uh, during this year's festival. Oh, well, tell us about the other two. Who are they, and who picked I've, them, and what kind of accolades will they receive? 
I thought that might be the next question. Um, <laughs> one is one is Houston Person. Houston Person is a, a real icon in the jazz world. I've always thought if you if you not want to know what a tenor saxophone sounds like in jazz history, you just have to hear one note played by Houston. He's uh, got, got a great history in the music. And um, this will be Houston's first visit to the Suncoast Festival. Um, he's uh, a New Yorker, uh, of course, <laughs> and uh, just a very soulful, has such a great sound on tenor saxophone and has been on, uh, he had a, made a lot of records with Etta Jones, um, oh. who we lost some years ago, but they, they worked together as a team, her vocal and his saxophone for uh, decades, I guess. And um, so Houston is one of the honorees. And the other is a pianist who lives here, I think actually in Clearwater, Johnny Vero, who um, also has, he was a big um, swing and uh, traditional jazz pianist. Uh, he was the house piano player at Condon's, Eddie Condon's Club in New York, which goes way back um, mm -hmm. to the 40s, uh, and I guess the club would be even before that. And uh, so he played with all the legends of the swing era as the house pianist at Condon's and as a great player. So th those three guys who have a, a lot of experience among them, all, all in their 80s, I guess, uh, and um, so they play uh, sometime during the weekend. They're going to be honored with a special uh, uh, plaque and so on, a special leg uh, legend honor, and uh, we'll perform together in, in a set. Now, Houston Person, Johnny Vero, and Don Lamb. Yes, yes, yes. And, and also tell us about Judy Carmichael. Now, she's a Grammy-nominated pianist, vocalist, composer, and radio host. And we hear she's Judy, going to perform else. this year. She will be there uh, also for the first time. I'm really excited about that. I saw Judy in performance here in the area with Nate Najar uh, on his uh, on the guitar just um, a few months ago, and um, I've been a fan for a long time. She was uh, it was Count Basie who gave her the nickname Stride which is the st style of piano from back in uh, the swing uh, way of playing piano. So um, she, with a Nick, you know, if BC names you that, he knows what he's talking about. She was always <laughs> inspired by the old masters of the Count Basie band era, stride, playing stride and swing. Um, and she also has had a radio program for over 20 years called Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired where she has a, you know, uh, you know that drill. She has a guest every show, and she gets people from all over the cultural world, authors, and not necessarily just jazz people, but people who talk about jazz, whether they're artists in other fields uh, and so on, jazz-inspired. Somebody described her as uh, Peggy Lee meets Fats Waller meets Paula Poundstone because <laughs> she's, she's a lot of fun in performance, too. I guess that's the Paula Poundstone part, but a great singer and a terrific piano player, so we're real excited to have Judy coming in. She's worked with Nate Nate. She's often had Nate Najar join her on the road, and another saxophonist uh, in this year from just down the interstate in Orlando, the uh, director of the Jazz Studies Program at 
the University of Central Florida um, is Jeff Rupert, and I imagine they'll be getting together too because he also has joined Judy on the road in her band uh, for a number of tours. Hmm. We're talking with Bob Seymour of the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Bob, I'm a huge fan of Dixieland jazz, so that begs the question, are there many different varieties of jazz going to be offered this year? Yeah, there are, and um, it, the, it, the festival goes in increasing directions jazz-wise uh, in recent years, but its, its roots are really in the tradition of uh, Dixieland bands, and uh, one, uh, an old favorite band that is uh, terrific and is back this year is Cornet Chop Suey. Uh, yeah. They always draw a big crowd. Well, that's actually the name of an old uh, Louis Armstrong song from his early years, Cornet Chop Suey. Uh, there's uh, Jim Gover's Dixieland Jam Sessions will be taking place, and a band called High Sierra is a, is a big favorite. Now, from New Orleans, in for the first time this year, Kermit Ruffins is a trumpet player, singer, amazing entertainer. He has his own club in New Orleans. His band is called Kermit Ruffins and the Barbecue Swingers, and he'll be in for Sunday only, the, um, the final day of the festival. Uh, so we're looking forward to Kermit, uh, who is... Uh, from the time he was a young kid, I remember seeing him when he was in a brass band when he was just uh, just getting known, and that was a long time ago. So Kermit will be on Sunday. Speaking of New Orleans, too, um, Jason Marcellus, you've heard that uh, family name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jace, Jason came up mostly known as the drummer, along with you know, his father, um, Ellis Marcellus and his brothers uh, Winton and Branford and the trombonist Delfeo. And Jason was the drummer, but he's best known now for playing the vibes and uh, has his what he calls the 21st century trad band, kind of taking the jazz, the uh, New Orleans jazz tradition and uh, updating it to some modern sounds. He, I think this is Jason's third year of joining us at the Sun Coast, and he's really. Uh, Always a, uh, a great, great to have him. Uh, he has a great way about him and is a terrific vibes player. Hmm. Are all of your performances indoors or some of them outdoors? And could weather become a factor? Um, it's almost all indoors. The only, I, I think, the only outdoor uh, part is on Friday morning. The be- kind of the the kickoff. There is a VIP gala for the sponsors and benefactors on Thursday evening, um, but for the general public, it begins on Friday morning at 11 o'clock out by the pool um, at the at the uh, San Key Sheraton, and is the par- parasol parade and music, and that's really the traditional, you know, uh, everybody's got their umbrella and their boa feather boa and uh, dancing in a conga line to the uh, Dixieland band. That's really the only part I think that is planned for outdoors. Uh, so weather, um, the weather is uh, not much of a factor with the five indoor venues. Uh, even if there's a little rain and you have to pop from one hotel to the other, you, you have a one minute trolley ride. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So I don't think even even with that, the, the weather is not uh, going to be um, anything that uh, keeps you from having a good time. 
Now, with New Orleans tradition and Zydeco, blues, swing, even gospel included, is your main mission to preserve and promote all kinds of jazz as a music form? And and do you think jazz has declined in popularity over the last 15 years? Oh, um, yes, the mission, I think that's a good description of the mission, is to... uh, keep it out there in front of live audiences and promote it and uh, in, convince people to come out and once they enjoy it, they'll uh, want to do it some more. Um, I think jazz, you know, there was a time when jazz and popular music were kind of one and the same thing, but that was that was a long, long time ago. I th- um, you know, I think it's it's been a tough sell for half a century, but it's so vibrant and uh, those who get it and love it, love it so much that uh, I think uh, I think the future is is uh, still bright. Mm. One of our I, listeners, I you're uh, listening to Travelitch Radio now in our 11th season with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. Check us out on iTunes or BlogTalkRadio.com or visit the Travelitch Radio Facebook page. And tonight we're talking with Bob Seymour about the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Bob, have you had a chance to meet some of the great jazz legends like Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald? Unfortunately, neither of those two. Um, I'm not young, but I'm a little too young probably for for uh, Armstrong. I've met, but I've been very fortunate just by being a fan and by being involved in uh, radio and festivals uh, to meet some of my heroes. Talking of the generation that you're. Of, of those you're, you're mentioning, I was able to meet Count Basie, for example, when um, I saw him a number of times in his later years, but a friend of mine was playing in the band at one point, and so got to hang out a little after a show. Dizzy Gillespie a few times, and uh, and people, uh, other people of huge stature in the music um, that I've had a chance to uh, introduce or uh, hang with a little bit. Wayne Shorter, for example, who is about as revered mm-hmm. as anyone there is these days. J.J. Johnson was my original hero. I grew up trying to play trombone, and he was the man for decades. And the university I was with, uh, University of South Florida, brought him in for a performance one time, so that was a thrill. And another was one of the great masters who we just lost last year, uh, Chick Korea, was a good oh. friend. And... Um, lived here in the area so we had a, a, a we were friends for some years you meant if i don't if i just this, this just occurs to me but you mentioned louis armstrong and boy i sure wish i had or been able to see him in performance but i am a good friend of uh louis armstrong's daughter who has only kind of gone public with her story in the past few years, and there's a new documentary about her. She lives in this area, and she is generally in attendance and sometimes even has a a table with her book. She wrote a book called Little Satchmo a few years ago telling her story. And um, so uh, she's generally at the festival and recognized uh, in the in the crowd and so on. Um, so that's a nice... It's a nice uh, thing to uh she actually was in radio with me too as uh worked at my radio station and um so little satchmo is worth checking out telling the story of uh her her life as uh 
the daughter of Louis Armstrong, though not recognized by the family. Mm. Well, I, I know what it's like to meet music royalty because for 13 years, growing up in Passaic, New Jersey, I was a neighbor of Beverly Lee, the lead singer of the Shirelles. And I know that's not oh, jazz, but it, rock and roll gold for sure. And she was that's a wonderful sure. person. She right. is a wonderful person. Yeah. They're still performing, by the way. Hmm. Oh, is that so right? moving that's on. Great. Well, Bob, do you have an extensive collection of jazz music at your home? I do more an accumulation than a collection. <laughs> a lot of LPs, but no working turntable. But, uh, and I'm a little prouder of my jazz book collection too. That, uh, but I do have. I'm, I have. Uh, I, yeah. If there's a next sinkhole in Florida, it might be my LP collection. <laughs> <laughs> One band from New York I might mention is Professor Cunningham. It is old school. They're very big on the dance circuit, about a six, seven-piece band. And Adrian Cunningham, he's the professor, is from Australia, lives in Harlem. And he is, uh, they put on a great show, and they've become real favorites. And you mentioned Zydeco. Just a few minutes left, so I want to condense this a little bit. Mary Ellen, next question. Yes. Bob, are there many American radio stations devoted strictly to jazz? And how about satellite satellite radio like Sirius XM, which has hundreds of channels and reaches a national audience? I have become a big fan in the last few years of the, show, the station called Real Jazz on Sirius XM, and I tend to listen to them a lot and enjoy the um, announcers there. Mark Ruffin is the music director. Um, it's mostly, it's certainly the, in the province of uh, non-commercial public radio, but there it's a tough fight, too, and the hours are being cut back all the time. Um, I really appreciate people who appreciate it on the radio. Um, but uh, for satellite radio, real jazz, I think they do a nice job. And mm. uh, We're uh, talking with Bob Seymour about the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Dan? Yes. Bob, please tell our listeners briefly about the area surrounding the site of the Suncoast Jazz Festival. Um, yes. it's um, it, The two hotels are uh, right across the street from one another, kind of a broad open spaces of beach, not like you some might think of so many of our beach areas are uh, hotels lined up along the beach. Uh, there's nothing th- th- in walking distance. There's just the two hotels, but it's a, a minute either way by car, and um, there are plenty of restaurants, uh, bars, and so on, a real commercial area. But the immediate area is very beautiful, nat- natural, wide, beautiful beaches, uh, it's on the, like I say, the Sheraton is on, right on the Gulf, and the, must be 50 or 100 yards of just pure white sand beach. It's a, a very natural setting, not uh, commercial crowded around the uh, venues where the festival is. And how can listeners learn more and buy tickets to the Suncoast Jazz Festival? SuncoastJazzFestival.com, I'm sure, would take you there. It's a very good site with uh, bios of the artists and uh, different uh, ticket packages. You can come the whole weekend or just an evening or something. And um, 
suncoastjazzfestival.com is very good with, uh, and they also, uh, you can contribute to support uh, the festival as well as a sponsor uh, by going to that site. Well, we've been talking tonight with Bob Seymour about the upcoming Suncoast Jazz Festival in Clearwater Beach, Florida, and that's going to come up the weekend before Thanksgiving, so give it a shot. Enjoy. Thank you for being our guest, Bob, on Travel Itch Radio. Hey, it's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. And listeners, the baseball postseason is underway, but it's never too late to get your guide to World Series history, my book, The New Baseball Bible, Notes, Nuggets, Lists, and Legends from Our National Pastime. It's both a bathroom book and a coffee table book. Get it tonight from Amazon.com. That's The New Baseball Bible with Mike Trout on the cover. And that's it for this edition of Travel Itch. Next week, same time, same station, same writers, same announcers. We'll head to Boston to visit with John Murtha, general manager of Boston's Parker House Hotel, a member of Historic Hotels of America. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.